Okay, so I just, I have to say that I was gone two weeks ago. We've had a lot of travel lately. I was gone two weeks ago to Portland, and it was for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. And it was an amazing time, but just like I said that Ben's heart was is here with you today, my heart was here with you on the Sunday that I was missing. And, and I realized that a lot lately in praying for you, but also sometimes walking down the street or just doing things in my house, that I have this kind of grin on my face that's silly. And I think if people saw me, they'd be going, what? What is she grinning about? But I have to tell you what I'm grinning about is I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you guys. And I love you so much, my church family, my Baltimore family, that I get a grin on my face. So I just wanted you to know how much I love you today and how much I care for you, that I'm praying for you, that I'm rooting for you. And I just adore all of you so much. So thank you for being here today. So there have been um, times in my life, as everybody has had, that um, stuff gets hard. And like this week, you get overwhelmed or something happens in your life that feels really out of control. And there have been times where I have handled that really well, where I have been able to access God's grace and peace and joy in the moment. And it's still hard, but the undercurrent of what I'm feeling, I'm okay. I'm all right. God's got me. And then there are other times where it's not like that at all and where I feel overwhelmed like a tidal wave has just crushed me and I can't, it's really hard to function, it's hard to feel anything than that main overwhelming emotion. It's really hard to hear God's voice and and I know for me what the difference is. For me, what what helps me at when and sometimes to really feel like I'm going to be okay Versus those times where I feel like, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. And so today, I want to talk about that. Like, how do we, how do we get to that I'm going to be okay? How do we have that relationship with God where we know we're going to be okay? So I want to start as an example. I want to talk a little bit about King David and, uh, such an amazing life. And um, so part of his story, some of the highlights of his life is um, he killed a lion and a bear. You know, he was a shepherd, and one of the shepherd's jobs is to make sure that the animals are okay, that he's tending. And so he killed a lion and a bear. Um, and then later he was anointed by Samuel to be king of Israel after Saul, who was currently the king, was going to be not king anymore. God sent Samuel to anoint David as the next king. So Samuel goes to um, David's family, his father, and he says, basically, I I need to see all your sons because one of them is going to be the next king. And so David's dad kind of parades all his sons by them. And and it says here in um, 1 Samuel 16, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, so that's the oldest son, he thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. So there must have been something about this brother that was, I don't know if he was good looking or tall or strong or just had a lot of charisma, but there was something about him that he was like, yeah, that's, that's it. But then it goes on to say, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so God saw David's heart. He saw his heart 
the relationship that they had, and that's what he loved. That's what he wanted to see. So then you go on after that, and he kills Goliath, right? There's that whole fun story, and and in it, David says to Goliath, I come to you in the name of the lords of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So he had like this righteous anger of how dare you come up against God. I don't care how tall you are or how strong you are. How dare you be that way towards God? So he had this just fierce love for God. And then we move on further from this person that has such an amazing heart to his downfall, where later on he has this affair with Bathsheba to the point where he ends up murdering her husband to try to cover up his own sin. So how in the world did David get from this person where God's talking about his heart and where he has this beautiful communion with God to someone that would commit adultery and murder someone? Where's the disconnect? So somewhere along there, as his life progressed, God's heart started to get farther, or David's heart started to get farther from God. And farther away from hearing his voice, and things change. So I'm going to give you an example. Okay, this is, this is my umbrella. I love this umbrella very, very much because when I was little, I had one that was clear like this one, and I love to be out in the rain in my rain boots stomping around and I could see the rain coming down the side. So when I saw this one, I had to get it. <laughs> but today, this umbrella is going to be an example of my heart before God and my spending time in his presence and my being submitted and under his covering. So when I'm under God's covering, when I have my a pure heart, before God, then I am under this shelter. It protects me from rain. It protects me from different things. And so, but at times, as we're going through life, we start to kind of inch our way over, right? Where tough stuff happens and I get really busy and I maybe forget to read my Bible or pray and, or something says something to me that I don't like. And I start to get angry, and slowly, I'm slipping out from underneath the umbrella, out from underneath my relationship with God. And when that happens, the rain's coming, and I am unprotected. Okay. So back to the scripture where God talks about, I look at the heart, not at the outward appearance. God's concerned about the condition of our hearts. So from the Bible, we learn that our hearts can be self-deceiving, deceitful, greedy, covetous, lustful, arrogant, lacking in reverence for God, perverse, and unable to feel regret for its own sin. Or... Our hearts can be gentle, humble, holy, faithful, upright, pure, steadfast, clean, loving towards God and others. So as we go throughout our lives, if we do not have this ongoing communion relationship with God, then our heart can slip from that 
gentle, humble, holy, faithful, upright, and start to maybe pop up a little into the first category of self-deceiving, deceitful, lacking in reverence for God. Um, So at some point, David stopped following God's heart and followed his own. And so what we can learn from David is that past encounters with God do not sustain an ongoing relationship with him. I'm going to say that again. Our past encounters with God do not sustain an ongoing relationship with him. So the difference between what I talked about earlier and times where I felt like God's got me, I'm good, even though this is really difficult and I'd rather not be going through this right now, but I'm okay, and the times where I'm not okay, (laughs) is the condition of my heart. Where was I at before those circumstances happened to me? That really determines how I feel. So I'm going to start with a scripture of Psalm 51. So Psalm 51 was written when Nathan the prophet was sent by God to confront David and his sin with Bathsheba. And um, this is David's response to God after he gets confronted with it. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from guilt, purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me night and day. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back the joy again. You, um, you have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Don't banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. You do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. So I want to focus a little further on verses 10 through 12. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. So as he's praying this, he's asking God to do a lot. (laughs) And um, it kind of breaks down to this. He's asking God to create something new. And biblically, that means um, cutting away, paring down, and polishing. He's asking God to renew, which is repairing, or to to, um, produce something completely new in us if needed. And he's asking for a right spirit. Well, a right spirit is, our spirit is our mind, our courage, our temper, our disposition. Is it accountable or uncontrollable? The seat of our mental acts, what we, what we do with our brain up here and our thoughts, and the seat of our emotions or our desires. He is asking God to remake who he really is fundamentally, to put him back in that place of trusting God and having a relationship with him. So um, one of the things that's amazing about God is that 
Yes, he asks us to do different things. And you know, David here is saying, help me to be willing to obey you. Because how many of us know that there are times where God's asked us to do stuff and we're like, uh, <laughs> I'm not doing that, right? <laughs> and sometimes it takes God saying, you're, you're going to be fine. It's okay. And God helping us be willing to obey him. But God, in his love for us, in his absolute desire to have a beautiful relationship with us, wants to give us things in return. So while we're under here, while I'm under my umbrella of a good, pure heart before God in relationship with him, what are some of the benefits that we can get from this? Anyone want to give me an idea of what you think some of the benefits are? His presence. His presence. Yes, we can more easily feel his presence. That's a good one. Anything else? Protection. Good. What'd she say? Internal peace. Big one. Yes. Good. What else? Security. Anything else? Stay dry. What? Stay dry. Stay dry. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Strength. And what about um, forgiveness? What about a better ability to hear his voice when you need to? Right? There are a lot of benefits um, to this. So how do we get a clean heart? We all got a clean heart and a new start when we accepted Jesus into our heart in the first place, right? God washes us white as snow. It's done. But then sometimes we kind of slip out from under his presence. So how do we get back into that place of having that heart before God? Well, the short answer is God does it, right? Because it's very clear when David is saying, create in me a clean heart. Um But the, the fact of the matter is we have to participate in this process because God creates us. But then again, we have the opportunity to start slipping away again, right? So we have to participate in this ongoing process of how do we keep our heart clean? So um, there's a couple different things. And this is where I've really been praying and asking God to help you hear the Holy Spirit's voice today. What is he saying to you personally today? Because what I need to hear from the Holy Spirit and what you need to hear from the Holy Spirit are different. Just because our lives are different, I'm different. So what is God trying to tell you today? So the first thing that we need to do in this process is recognize that our hearts aren't right before God. Now, I am not, this is not a condemnation because, man, you guys are here today. You showed up. You came here because your heart is towards God. But stuff happens. Life gets hard. Stress is heavy. We're busy. And so it's good that you're here today because it can help us kind of breathe, take a breath, be in God's presence, remember who we are in God. But ongoing... There are some things that you can do throughout a week or a month to help you. So the first one, recognize that your heart is not right before God. You know, if you don't know you're doing something wrong, you don't know. (laughs) I tell that to my kids all the time with homework. The reason why you're learning it is because you don't know. And if you don't get it, it's okay because you're learning, right? 
So, but we do need to recognize that we don't quite have it. And then we also need to admit it to yourself, to ourselves, and to God. You know, don't just go right through and keep going. Stop. Take a minute. Admit to yourself, okay, maybe my heart isn't quite where God wants me to be. What is God saying to me? And then when you admit it to yourself, admit it to God, God, I'm sorry, my, my heart is not quite right. Um, Psalms 139.23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Pour out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. The third one is recognize that God is the one who cleans your heart. Proverbs 20 verse 9 says, Who can say, I have cleansed my heart? I am pure and free from sin. God is the one that does that. So another one is, ask God to renew your heart. Ask God to renew it. Psalms 86 11, Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. And then the last one is Mark 12, verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And what does that mean? If you are loving God with all your heart, there isn't room for anything else. (laughs) And that's why it's such an amazing, it's such a simple scripture, but it's so deep. It's so deep. So love God with all your heart. And then all of this other stuff just doesn't have room. So for me, honestly, this is something that I do regularly. Because no one, David did not start out his life saying, I'm going to have an affair with someone and then murder her husband. (laughs) He had a heart after God, but slowly he began to slip. And I don't want to start that. I don't want to start down that path. And so for me, these steps that I share with you is a regular thing in my life where I take time and I I stop everything. I put my phone in a different room or I turn it off and I, God, search my heart. What is it in me that is separating me from you? And I listen. What is he saying? What is he telling me? And then I ask for forgiveness for that thing. And I ask him to remake that spot in my heart that needed help. Because I don't want to miss the fact that I'm slipping. I have definitely learned in my life that being under here, (laughs) there's no better place. There is no better place. It's not a place of perfection. It's not a life that's easy, but it's a life that despite all, has joy, that has peace, that has comfort, that has overwhelming moments of being in the presence of God, even in my own living room. There is no substitute for that. Chris, can you come up, please? So I was really asking the Holy Spirit to talk to you today because God does look at your heart. He looks at my heart. And I wanted you to be able to hear clearly today, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you, for you where you are right now? 
And I want to give us time today to just stop and to maybe go through these steps and just breathe, listen for God's voice. Let him show you if there is anything between you and him. Is it what's pushing your heart that direction? Is it bitterness or frustration or sins that you haven't confessed? Or is it you're tired and so you haven't had time to spend time with God or read the word? Or is it that you have been so busy, you know, that, that phrase, forgetting the work of the, forgetting the Lord of the work and the work of the Lord? Where you may even be doing things that are good and that, that Jesus loves and, and appreciates in you, but you're so busy doing it that you forget that it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about who he is and what he's done for us. And it's all about our heart towards him. It's all about the relationship. So I want to give us some moments for personal prayer. And I want to challenge you to please come up to me sometime and ask me how my heart is doing. I want you to do that. Because what if... What if I've forgotten for a while to go through this process? Ask me how my heart is doing. Maybe I might ask you how your heart is doing. (laughs) Because you're my family. We are a family. And it's with family like this that you can be pushed and propelled and encouraged and nudged towards God. So today, let's just pause, close your eyes, and I'll give you a couple minutes to spend before God. Ask Him what you need to do.